Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobbleworks. I'm your host, Jen Cobble-Wilhoyt, and I'm speaking with you today in this podcast from the activity and hum and hive of everyday life. I have to do a little bit of walking in this podcast when I was recording it. Dogs were playing with a squeak toy. I really hope it's not distracting. I listened to it and found it to be a normal music in the background. I did not find it distracting. I'll revisit whether I record podcasts in an everyday context or not moving forward, but I do appreciate the hearth making that is created when we can just enter into kind of this asynchronous conversation and dialogue and nuanced wondering while we are in the middle of our everyday life. I have a quick shop note as well. For those of you who are familiar with my work in terms of card decks and reflection tools and art making and even some handmade um, opportunities for meditation like embroidery and things like that, my Etsy shop, which is also called Cobbleworks, will be closing on Monday for me to experience wintering and holiday celebration. I take the end of the year and the beginning of the year off to do some reflection of my own, to build some infrastructure, to rest, to listen, to let things have their own season. So if there are gifts that you are hoping to give and that you would like to pick up for friends who are heart-centered and reflective themselves, the shop is open for a few more days. There is a sale currently running for some handwork kits in there. And if you're in my newsletter, you also have an additional coupon there. So thanks for letting me share that with you. On to the podcast. I got told quite a bit not to let my imagination run away with me. (laughs) It was as if imagination was going to come over. Maybe imagination was like a big horse, right? And... We were just going to pack bags and pull out a map and uh, slap on hats and then just head out the door and ride. We were just going to check out, (laughs) never to to return. This is a warning that I hear in our modern Western culture all of the time. When we encounter articles about self-improvement and staying focused and achieving goals, it's not that I think they have no place. Ask my business coach and my counselor about me and achieving goals. I mean, I'm like herding cats with that. My brain goes in so many directions. They probably are constantly exasperated by the fact that I do have a hard time focusing. So I am not panning this work. The work of anchoring, the work of gravity, the work of rooting our dreams into place and giving them a map, enfleshing them, embodying them, incarnating them, giving them legs, wings, etc. Webbed feet. That's all imperative, wonderful work. And it's not my forte all the time. So I'm grateful for the teachers and guides that I have. What I'm noticing and what I want to share and kind of bring up as a question is the consistent 
language around doing and and not keeping um, and making sure that we never lose focus on what we're doing. Not, not to ever let our imaginations run away with ourselves. To eyes down, keep going. As if our imagination could derail the good efforts of bringing dreams into reality rather than being the thing that informs our dreams. I, um, I guess what I'm getting at is that I'm spending time lately, I'm sure like all of you, wondering how we carry a hope for the world that is enmeshed in brutality and annihilation. We have to call senators and representatives and say, I want there to be a pause and a ceasefire in the fighting, not just in the Middle East, but in Africa, in places where there is layered, nuanced, complicated histories going on, but where there is such a foment of violence that we can hear nothing but destruction. We have to, we have to use our voice, use our hands, take action, speak up. That doesn't change in the world. But we have to also have time and space to dream. We have to have time and space to imagine what kind of world we want to create for ourselves and for each other. And it's this dreaming part, this imagination part that feels like it's also under attack in the modern world. Imagination feels like the thing that's risky. Books are being banned because what if these stories give people the wrong idea? But it's a variety of ideas and voices and possibilities that doesn't definitely determine one person's path or everyone's collective path. It's the thing that gives us a window into each other's experiences, an opportunity to share our own uniqueness so that we recognize the meaning and purpose of our own individual experience. It's the opportunity to notice how we are similar to one another despite differences. And it's an opportunity to notice how we are different, even though we thought maybe we had more in common. It's an opportunity to build bridges, to learn new languages, to see a broader, deeper, more more multifaceted life at work in us and around us. It's, It's the thing that kind of creates a connective tissue. And yet, 
Imagination is so often viewed as the thing that is going to steal us away from something true or something grounding. I think that, spiritually speaking, it's imagination and the work of the imagination that helps us first decide and what it is we want to anchor into. Because the world is constantly being created and recreated, born and reborn. And we're being called, have always been called, into co-collaboration with spirit, with each other. And if we don't have this capacity to imagine, to dream, to ask what if, then there is very little space in our first in our minds for anything new but second in our world for anything or anyone new or different if we cannot hold it within if we cannot if we cannot stretch within if we cannot make space within for lots and lots of different possibilities, not just ones we generate, but ones given to us by others and their voices and experiences, and also by sacred surprise, like the unexpected revelation, the unexpected inspiration, the unexpected insight. If we cannot make room for that inside of us, how are we going to make room for each other in the world. Everything gets small inside and it will get small outside. The freedom that imagination invites us into is a divine sacred space, a space of teeming possibility. Not just for good things, it could be for scary things too, but We have this infinite ledge with an infinite creative cauldron into the ether beyond it. And when we let ourselves dream and imagine and not just be frightened about all of the different possibilities. We grow our capacity inside of us for not only what we're capable of as individuals, but what we're capable of collectively. We grow our ability to transform. We become more flexible, more resilient. But we also get surprised We get this wonderful, wonderful sense that things are possible that we never dreamed of before. The act of dreaming opens us up, not just to other people and to new ideas that that we ourselves hadn't thought of. It opens us up up, like I said, to our own uniqueness. So things about ourselves we didn't realize. But it opens us up to sacred voice and sacred presence and sacred creativity. This kind of outside outside source. 
it's like, um, yes, we are, we are all sunlight, but there is also the sun. Like we are sacred divine expressions and, and so can never be disconnected from the divine and the sacred, but also the sacred and the divine is outside of us. And what that means is that we can be surprised by something outside of our consciousness, outside of our being. We can be inspired. We can experience revelation. We can experience inspiration. It's, it's as if um, part of us is a wonderful seedbed, a soil where things collaborate and germinate, gestate, grow. But we're also an open sky, kind of a vessel where a spark can run across our vision, where a spark can travel through our nervous system from the outside. This is a remarkable, beautiful, amazing thing about us when we are alive in this universe, that we are open to this expansion inside of us through imagination, wondering what if, playing with possibility, dreaming. These are things that grow us and stretch us internally, and then they grow us and stretch us externally, places where we didn't have solutions before to problems that are ancient and old, to patterns that are well-worn in human history, suddenly get some new insight because we have individually and collectively started dreaming, making room for our focus to wander, making room to be led off the path. It is not always a distraction, our imagination. It is the thing that helps us discover and name something new to set goals towards. I have a friend who knows a lot about astrology and she was telling me, well, it's Sagittarius season. Sagittarius being the figure with, uh, of the archer and they're in the constellation. It's a human being pulling back a bow and arrow and they're, they're taking aim with their arrow. What's interesting in this is that there has to be a process of discerning where you're going to shoot the arrow if you are an archer, right? And there are so many different places that arrow can go. If we imagine the arrow as our focused work, our attention, our goals, our our intention, our effort, then we have to imagine... (laughs) We have to consider that our imagination are the eyes and the arms 
that move that bow and arrow across a million different places and decides what thing gets our attention that we then focus on. It's the, the, it's the imagination that determines where we're going. It's the imagination that creates a destination that we had never conceived of before and maybe have never experienced before. It is the thing that pushes through our tightness and creates new passageways. It is the thing that sees not just the horizon, but beyond it. It's so interesting to me that we're in a time, the Christmas story, where we're journeying in Advent with Mary and Joseph, Mary pregnant. And in the Christian tradition, people say she's pregnant with the light of the world. And in many Christian traditions, in many aspects of the faith, this is taken very seriously in terms of incarnation and embodiment. It's a, it's a nod that our matter and our spirit are united and that we have the ability to, to channel, to be a vessel, to be a threshold, a passageway of something sacred within all of us. It's as if we are all birthing a sacred light. But that sacred light, if we are to birth it, has to stretch our bodies and our minds to travel through. And one thing I love about the Christmas story is that it actually talks about this initial gestating spark in Mary to be just something something completely out of the ordinary from human reproduction. I approach this story as a living myth. I don't really know in reality who the historical Mary or the historical Joseph was. And frankly, those questions don't enlighten me and enliven me the way other questions do. I don't particularly, it doesn't matter to me who exactly those people were. And it doesn't matter to me in human history so much if she was truly in love with a human being and became pregnant and then that was labeled as sacred. Or if she had this outside source that somehow kind of mystically made her pregnant. There were many, many stories in, in the ancient world at the time that framed the beginning of the story of a great figure as, as saying that they just arose from a mystical place, like from a virgin birth. This is a structure of storytelling at the time. And I'm not trying to, to suggest that it's meaningless because it was a story format. I'm saying I think there's something very beautiful in this. That, that the source, the source of her 
sacred gestation was something unpredictable outside of the normal realms of the way biology works. It was just something completely out of nowhere, so to speak, as if it was dreamed up, imagined up by some coalescing creative force that shows the magnitude of what we have the capacity to be in relationship with. I'm not suggesting we're all going to suddenly start walking around truly pregnant, physically pregnant with um, a child that a mystical force put into our bodies. I'm talking about just the, the poetry of the story, suggesting that a light, a sacred light is becoming enfleshed and embodied becoming human, real, becoming anchored. And its source was unpredictable and unexpected, unimaginable. And yet it happened through the threshold of a seemingly ordinary girl, woman, an ordinary person with a womb to carry a being. Seen from this standpoint, we have this big invitation of how imagination sparks us in surprising and unexpected ways. And how what gets sparked in us can be transforming, not just for us, but for the world. There could be an idea, a gestational seed that some of us receive And then when shared with others is the spark or the genesis of a whole new way of living together that we haven't experienced before or thought of before. We have that capacity to channel and birth as individuals and as a collective things that are sacred and unexpected, things that defy imagination. And we are asked, all of us asked, to be seed bearers of this potential. I just, um, I just feel this worry and fear that if we malign and exile and marginalize imagination as a force. We will lose some of our capacity to dream and to create and to set tangible goals that could actually be real in fleshed and embodied realities of a new kind of peace. I am concerned when I hear myself say phrases like, I can't even imagine. I don't want to say, I can't even imagine how there could be a solution of peace with this much war raging right now. Why 
What a desperate, small, confining, crushing place that is, both internally, but also that's the reality I'm going to help create externally. If I cannot imagine that there is a tangible peace for humanity, if I cannot imagine that inside, I cannot help create that outside. If I cannot imagine that I, with all of my flaws and mess-ups and awkwardness and mistakes, that I cannot be a person with meaning and purpose who can contribute to our community and our sense of belonging and connection with each other, then I will just erase myself in certain ways. Stay diminished, stay small. There will be a seed, a spark of possibility coming to me, coming to each of us many times in our lives, asking us to hold it, to seed bear it, to birth it. And if inside me I have no capacity to trust imagination as a force, I will just simply let that die out within. And then what am I holding for the world? What am I holding for me? Tightness. Lack. Unbelief. Scarcity. Spiritual practice in at least some Judeo-Christian traditions focus heavily on imagination. In Ignatian spirituality, where the examine is actually rooted, imaginative prayer is a, is a big and profound invitation. We enter into a piece of scripture or a piece of poetry, into a story from it could be the saints or, um, or again, from, from scripture of some kind, and we're asked what in our own human senses is enlivened and lit up when we're reading this? What is getting our attention? We're asked to imagine the place of something, the smells of something, the sounds, and we're asked to trust what is emerging to us. You and I could have the same poem in front of us, the same psalm, the same piece of scripture, the same piece of artwork. We could be given the same story from a folklore, from mythology, from the stories of the saints. We could be given the same source material and different parts of ourselves would react. I would say, this lit me up. And you would say, this lit me up. And I might say, this upset and concerned me. And you might say, this upset and concerned me. And these things would all be different. But we would be asked in, in imaginative prayer to trust our imagination, to trust the thing that is getting lit up or is getting its feathers ruffled and to follow that, to let our imagination run away with us, to get on the back of it and to ride it out. As we used to say in Iona, to follow our fear 
to let something that we are seeing at the end of of kind of our vision and wondering what that shadow is or what that light is off in the distance and dare to go pursue it, to let the imagination lead. That is part of spiritual practice. We see it in Lexio Divina and Visio Divina, where we're seen, where we're given words or an image, and we're asked to let something jump off from the page or the canvas. And then to let those things that jump off become the vehicle for our imaginative, sacred wondering and wandering. We're asked to consider that perhaps the insight and the exploration and the journey we're taking with this text or this image in in one moment may not be the same place we're led to in another moment. We're asked to trust that the text is evoking an aliveness in our imagination that is trying to tell us something uniquely in this moment. And we see it in the Jewish tradition of Midrash as well, where we look at the margins of the text. And by that, I mean like almost from a literary criticism standpoint, you look at the story and you listen to the story and you notice who is not talking here. Who is doing lots of talking? Where are they talking? What spaces have they moved from? Have they gone from the inside to the outside? Are they in nature? Is this familiar? Are they with friends? What are the smells that are here? And then we are asked to enter with reverence and devotion and curiosity with our whole selves. We're asked to enter these marginal spaces in the story and do something very bold and beautiful we are asked to cultivate with spirit and our imagination details to flesh this story out we're asked to in flesh incarnate something from the sacred seed or the sacred spark into something more we might say an example of a Midrash-like experience with the Christmas story might be um, a conversation between Mary and Joseph one night. Are they, does it say that they're ever sitting by a campfire when they travel? No, it doesn't. But does it say they were traveling many days? Yes, they were traveling over time, miles over time. We can imagine they had to stop. We can imagine some places they had formal shelter. We can imagine sometimes they probably camped. What would it be if our imagination got focused on a camping scenario? What would it be that we got focused on the campfire itself? Would they be sitting across from each other, next to each other, sharing a blanket? Would he rub her back because she was tired and fatigued? Would they offer each other warm food and drink? What would they be talking about? You see, when we are letting our imagination come into sacred story, what we are seeing is something sacred about us that we are naming and putting into the story. We are giving dignity to something in ourselves 
that needs more attention, that needs to be enfleshed, that needs to be incarnated, that needs to be explored, that needs to have focus. But it's first the imagination that leads us there. Later on, we may read the Mary and jo- Jesus, uh, the Joseph and Mary journey and forget that we ever were curious about a campfire conversation between them. But in the moment that we do, it may be because we are feeling a need for care and companionship. We are wondering what it's like to journey with a beloved when we're running out of time and money and we don't exactly know where we're going. We may be worried about what we're going to find at the end of our own kind of road trip or personal transformation journey. We may be wondering who we're journeying with after we've decided where we're going and why. And so we may be bringing these parts of ourselves and our questions into the sacred story so that we can see that our questions in our story are also sacred. And we are letting that imagination with this sacred spark stretch us inside so that there is room for our humanity and our dignity, our joy, our hope, our fear, our layers, our nuance. And it will stretch us to a place where we will actually let that that story of ours pass through us. That imagination-fueled story, that imagination-sparked and seeded story pass through us. And what gets born from that could be something quite powerful and beautiful for the hope of our world. But it, this hope for the world, for us as individuals, it, it comes in part from a place of dreaming, of longing, of wanting a peace we don't see how it could be forged of wanting a restoration of earth that we were worried we are too late for. Imagination serves our ability to connect with self and sacred and others. It lets us stretch within and see more possibilities and truths within us so that we can see more possibilities and truths outside of us. Imagination lets us see not just the horizon, but something beyond it. Imagination lets us receive a spark that is from an unbelievable source. And it lets us consent to receive that spark and grow something enfleshed and real from it. I um I have been thinking about the world and its brutality and annihilation lately. And I will be honest, my hope feels thin 
my ideas don't sound good or smart about how to how we move towards a place of inclusion and peace and justice for and safety for everyone for everyone i'm not president of the planet i'm not like leader of everybody i'm i am invested in a kind of leadership though that connects us to each other so that we can cultivate and grow something together that's important to me and that means that i have to be able and willing to imagine something beyond my fears i have to be willing to be stretched internally with my thoughts. I have to let the dreams come in and do their gestation and let that move through me. And I have to let imagination also be a thing outside of me that leads me forward, that invites me onto its back and runs off with me. Dreaming, dreaming, is essential, it feels like, to our hope. Because it's what enfleshes all of the things that we call ground, common ground. I don't know if any of this made sense. I'm going to listen back to this tomorrow. I appreciate you being with me as I try to birth this idea on the podcast, as I try to make space for this idea of what imagination does. In the ancient world, there was room for this kind of truth-seeking and wonder in ways that I, I'm concerned we have a little less space for right now. I wonder what it would feel like for you to pick something in your life, personally and or globally, because the global stuff is deeply personal. Pick some things and ask, what could I imagine about these? Do I have any dreams about these? Notice very carefully, if like me, you know, you hear yourself saying some things like, I could never imagine, blah, blah, blah. Notice that. Notice where there's a stop in your imagination, in your ability to dream beyond what has been familiar or even scary in the past for you. Notice where you really just go off and the dreams just become huge. Notice if it's hard to give your attention over to imagination and dreaming. Notice when if you get impatient with it. Notice if you think, oh, what good is this going to do? It's not, it's not getting the bills paid. It's not getting the laundry folded. Notice where you don't have any patience for it. Ask, if you can, for the sacred to help soothe your impatience. Maybe 
maybe settle in and slowly stretch that heart space so it becomes a hearth space, a space for gathering and dreaming and collaborating and creating. Maybe this week, think too about what you're gestating or holding as a seed bearer, a light carrier, a lantern carrier, a thread weaver. What inside of you or in the palm of your hand, in the deepest recesses of your brain, your wildest dreams, what inside of you or near you is wanting to be woven into a larger story of your life? What feels like it has potential but not form yet? Ask yourself where these ideas may be coming from, from long-held experiences that are ready to become enfleshed with your own uniqueness. Does it maybe also have a quality from source, from spirit, something far outside of your imagination that's just inspiring you in unpredictable ways? Where did your seeds and sparks come from? What are they right now? We're in this place of Advent, I will just say to wrap up, where it's not quite time yet to give birth to the full idea, to let pass through the entire full-formed light spectrum story creation. It's not quite yet time for the seed to break out of its shell and break through the earth and put forth its leaves. We are still bearing it in our sacred womb, our sacred heart, our sacred mind. All of us are all still carrying. But I'm wanting to know do you know what you're carrying do you know what you want to be carrying because it's your choice what you get to carry can you spend time with where your imagination is leading you where it feels scary to follow but where you might dare to go chase it These are some of the questions this week. Turns out there's a lot of them. It was a new moon yesterday. Um, It'll be a couple days when this gets uh, released. And, you know, I grew up with people who planted their gardens by the phases of the moon. The new moon is a time of seed planting. Traditionally, that's, that's the effort we put in on new moons in the actual garden, but it's also the metaphor that we use when we're um, using garden metaphors for reflection. So in that sense, we just left a seed, a seeding time where maybe some things don't go in the ground, but you at least notice what the seeds are and, and you are giving them a cool, cool, dark place a kind of womb-like darkness in your palm or on your shelf, in your cellar, for when it is time to plant them. So maybe maybe all these questions about imagination and seeds are partially because of the Christmas story, our season, and just the wintering. And for those of us not in the northern hemisphere, just the new moon in general, the darkness, the shadow, 
that allows for wonder and holding something deep within. All right, get very curious. As you are able and willing, chase your imagination. Let it, let it lead you, let it guide you, make room for it. Who knows what amazing, beautiful things can be born for you and for all of us when we make that space internally for this sacred spark to grow within and then be born through us. Maybe something, maybe just something beyond what any of us could imagine. My God, I hope so. My heart, like yours, is breaking and has broken for a world truly on fire. A world that is beautiful with people in it and on it that are beautiful. That I, I want to continue the story with. Our doing always so important. Our dreaming, I'm just saying, equally important. All right, until next week, take good care.